Good Wednesday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller. Welcome to the I Love Seville Show. Today's program presented by the good doctor, Scott Wagner of Scott Wagner Integrative Medicine. Who's got your back? Dr. Wagner has your back. Scott Wagner Integrative Medicine. Gunfire last night, Tonsler Park. Gunfire, fortunately, no one was struck, no one was hurt, no one was killed. But a bullet, a stray bullet, found its way into a neighborhood house around Tonsler Park. We're being told by the police who have done a great job of communicating over gunfire and gun violence incidents that it's youth, Tonsler Park, multiple shots fired. That's the extent of what we know. Police Department Chief Michael Kochis will be doing a special interview today on CBS 19. Certainly the gun violence, the topic of conversation with a four o'clock interview um, with the police chief on local news. I'm going to ask a, a handful of questions on today's program. Here's one question I got to ask. If this gunfire is contained to certain areas of Charlottesville, is the police chief and the police department, are they doing their job correctly? Is your barometer of success for the police department and the police chief eradicating gun violence across the board, or is your barometer for success management of gun violence, keep the crime in certain areas of the city and then keep the rest of the city clean and safe for us taxpayers and residents. That's a topic for today. I also want to tell you the best and worst thing I've seen on Charlottesville Twitter. Interestingly, this is tied to the University of Virginia and how it's choosing to expand its policing presence. You may have gone Maybe you drove by the UVA corner. Maybe you walked by the UVA corner. Maybe you patronized the UVA corner. My family, we enjoy going to the UVA corner. Mellow Mushroom, Boylan Heights, two of our favorites. If you've been to the corner, you've undoubtedly seen the yellow shirts on the corner, the UVA ambassadors. They're not police. They're slightly elevated above a casual citizen. They're equipped with radio and, we hope, answers and a quick line to police in case something happens. The University of Virginia is choosing to take the ambassadors on the corner and multiply them and their efforts. Now the yellow-shirted ambassadors will be walking the streets of Fifeville and Cherry Avenue and even more visibly walking the blocks of the downtown mall. How do you, the viewer and listener, of this fine and fair talk show feel about the University of Virginia expanding its police presence into downtown Charlottesville with ambassadors who do not answer to city council or the police. Instead, they answer to the University of Virginia itself. That topic on today's show, we will ask the trivia question, who can name four restaurants in the city limits Four restaurants in Charlottesville city limits that have been named after their founders. Put your answers in the comments section. Send us a tweet. We'll relay answers live on air. Whoever gets this correctly, one of you guys will get a prize from myself at Judah Wickhauer, mailed directly to your house. Dylan's Rule on Twitter. Welcome to the program. Deep Throat. Hello and good afternoon. Two-shot Judah Wickhauer with the lead headline after you ask it to me, 
J-Dubs, good afternoon, my friend. What's the first headline and where, we, where would you like to begin? First headline is gunfire in Tonsler Park. Stray bullet hits home. Sitting in the house, eating your mac and cheese, your steak dinner, your Lunchables. Man, I loved Lunchables as a kid. Getting those cheese squares and building a little tower of bologna or ham and putting crackers on either side. I would do it on the cafeteria table. I'd peel the, the plastic off the Lunchable tray and I'd say I got some yellow cheese, I got some orange cheese, some ham and some crackers. Let me build a tower. Okay, maybe you're doing that in Fifeville, building a lunchable tower, and a bullet comes cracking through your wall, through your window, or you hear it strike the side of your house. Have we gotten to the point where this kind of gun violence, because it doesn't involve a human getting struck by a bullet, instead just a house, becomes an afterthought in this community? Further question for you. What is success for the police department? Is success keeping... Violence, guns, compartmentalized to certain areas of the city, or success eradicating the violence across the board? A lot to unpack. I have some ideas. I'm curious of yours. Well, to the first question, I don't think anybody is, uh, is marginalizing uh, gun violence that doesn't result in, uh, in, a, in an injury or worse, a, a death. Um, I think that's good. Uh, I'm glad that the people of Charlottesville aren't, you know, aren't uh, making this into a joke. They're not, uh, they're not setting a, setting things aside. Uh, I think a lot of people are scared. Um, I don't think anyone is. Uh, I don't think anyone is thinking that this is just going to get pushed to individual neighborhoods where. Uh, where we don't care because they're low income or they're the wrong color or whatever. And um, I certainly don't think that the police are, I don't, I don't think that the police would call success uh, pushing this into one of a few neighborhoods. And I think that's uh, nowhere I think is that better shown than in the fact that, uh, that conscious has made, you know, created these walking zones these walk and talks these zones these policing districts where they probably know that most of the the violence is occurring i got a straightforward question for everyone watching the show what if the violence doesn't stop what if the police department can't keep it from happening there I mean, a third a third empty the department is one third empty mm mm-hmm. We're seeing no signs of the violence stopping. They're directly attributing the violence to youth settling beef. Almaro County's police chief, Sean Reeves, tremendous respect for. He says we got a gang problem. Mm-hmm. Charlottesville's police chief, Michael Kachas, says it's not gangs or drugs. It's youth settling beef. You got the University of Virginia in the mix now with Jim Ryan. He's paying UVA for yellow-shirted ambassadors to walk the streets of Fifeville and Cherry Avenue and to walk the downtown mall. I got a legitimate question for anyone watching this program. What if it does not stop? 
do we then have to reframe our definition of success? And is success reframed by keep the violence pocketed to certain areas? Is that the new definition? Because I'm seeing no indicators that it's going to stop. I appreciate, I appreciate what Conscious is doing. He's building a brand for the police department. He's localizing it. He's humanizing it. He's that, personalizing it. Is that all he's doing? I would think the efforts of... That's a great question, Judah. Great question. I would think what he's trying to do is personalize, localize, and humanize the department so he can start filling the vacancies in the department. That's one of his key priorities. He's also on this communication tour, the walk and talks, the 4 o'clock interview today with CBS 19, where he's trying to be as transparent as possible. But why don't we start being straightforward with ourselves? We have a department that's one-third vacant. One-third of the department is vacant. A portion of the city of Charlottesville doesn't even like the police and wants to defund them. Legitimately. Mm-hmm. Morale, while improving in the department, is still not where it needs to be. How do you know that? I talked to the folks, talked to the officers. Had a conversation with someone that was at the Commonwealth Attorney's Office last week, outside the post office. This particular ind- individual told me, Jerry, morale is much, much improved thanks to Michael Kotchis. Believes he's doing a great job. Not surprised. Okay? Literally from within the department. I talked to the folks. See him downtown, text with them, conversations outside the post office, outside of City Hall. A genuine question for folks watching this program. If the violence doesn't stop, and I'm not saying it will, I'm not saying it won't. I'm just asking a what if. Is your definition of success of managing gun violence change? And does it become, keep it pocketed to the neighborhoods where it historically has originated and located? And is that success? What is, the, what is your cutoff point? I don't follow. I'm, I, I'd like to follow, I just don't follow. What do you mean? I mean, Conscious has been on the job for... Three how? months, call it. Okay. And we know that, uh, we know that police work is, a, is largely a reactive... Uh, a reactive uh, job. Uh, they can't go out and arrest the kids or whoever it is that's doing this before they've done anything. And they can't be everywhere when any, uh, when any crime or uh, when anyone shoots a gun off in city limits. So I think the, the problem here is, is acting like they can just come in and arrest a few people and the violence will stop. I think what's uh, the better question to ask is how are we helping them achieve this? Uh, who are we supporting in terms of people going out and talking to and interacting with and hopefully changing the minds and lives of the people out there committing these, you know, committing these acts? Yeah, I mean... Shooting off guns. 100%. I mean, well said. Perfectly, beautifully well said. That's not going to happen overnight. No. You're talking about community efforts, nonprofits, teachers, stakeholders, neighborhood watch, not just police, all working in harmony, in concert to change the course of teenagers and youth and how they think and go about solving problems. That's what you're outlining. Yeah, I don't know if they're all working in harmony, but uh, you know, in an ideal scenario they will. The same uh, towards the same goal. Yeah. Changing the mindset of teenagers and youth and how they go about solving beef, beef in society, 
that is going to be a very difficult mountain to climb. Yeah. And it's going to be extremely time consuming. I'm literally, I'm asking a short term question for viewers and listeners. I don't think, I don't think short term we're going to see the end of violence. Short term. If the violence stays compartmentalized to three pockets or three areas of the city, is that success for you? Is that success for you? Dylan's rule says on Twitter. I don't think anyone's going to say that success. Well, does it, would, would you say that success or would you say that's not success? I'm not giving an answer either way. I would definitely not call that success. Okay. In okay. fact, I would think anyone calling that success, I would have to call out anyone calling that success because that's basically saying we don't care about those neighborhoods. And as long as it stays over there with those people, we're fine with it. I'm inclined to agree with what you said right there. But I would bet you there's a lot of folks in this community that would say, hey, it's not in my neighborhood. My neighborhood's pretty safe. I think he's doing a job well done. I think a lot of folks would feel that way. Dylan's rule says this on Twitter. Let's go back to 2022. Wasn't there an issue with Wes Bellamy complaining about the media reporting gunshots at the exact same park when the Tonsler Basketball League was playing? There was. There was gunfire during the Tonsler Basketball League. It got picked up in media. Dr. Bellamy said if this was not... Um, uh, uh, a street basketball league, it would not have garnered the attention that it got. That's how it played out. Gunfire in the exact same spot. Exact same spot. Yeah. I, you, you got too many things working against it, and I'm not trying to be a doom and gloom guy. You got a third of the department empty. You got a good portion of the community that wants to defund the police. You got the, the, the salary offerings for the police not matching with what the counties um, uh, you know, next to Charlottesville can offer. Why'd you take the job here in a more risky environment than go to a sleepier county where you don't have to risk as much danger and get paid more money? That's going to have an influence for filling these jobs. The police department is genuinely having to go the rookie route where they're bringing in folks that have very little police experience and putting them through an academy to train them and then put them on the street, that'll take some time. Mm -hmm. One of the solutions that is being utilized right now is Jim Ryan flexing his muscle. And, and, and this could lead us exactly to the next topic, the best and worst thing I've seen on Twitter. Put it on screen. Matthew Gillikin. He's getting some, some attention here on the I Love Sevo show. Someone talk, someone tag Matthew Gillikin. Let him know that we're highlighting some of his tweets on today's program. Let me know when you have that on screen. That is up on the screen. Okay, and these are going to be two screenshots that you'll see. Two screenshots. The first one and then the second one. Matthew Gillikin on Twitter says, this is the co-chair of Livable Charlottesville. UVA police and related groups creeping into the city is a bigger problem than anyone in leadership will admit. There is no way for the city to hold them accountable for anything they do. He's talking about the yellow-shirted ambassadors on the downtown mall. Put what, the next screenshot on. What are they likely to do? I'm, I'll tell you in honestly, a second. I have that answer for you. Put the next screenshot on. It's up. Look at the screen. Gilligan, livable Charlottesville, says, behold the power of white UVA Facebook moms. You know what he means by that? Uh, I think There's a lot of truth to what he's saying right here, these tweets. You know what he means by that? I'm, if I had to guess, I would say that he, he means that uh, 
white Facebook moms have have uh, made a stink, and so in reaction to that, a man was killed on Ellywood Avenue a couple weeks ago, steps within steps of the rotunda. In the shadows of Thomas Jefferson's rotunda, a man was killed on Ellywood Avenue on the UVA corner. It then forced Jim Ryan to issue a statement in the wee hours of a weekend morning. And this statement had Jim Ryan get aggressive and make a bold statement on gun violence that he was now going to get in the mix to solve this problem. He then, in his statement, said UVA, along with Albemarle County Police Department and Charlottesville Police Department, will more actively be working together. That's what Ryan said. Today, we know Ryan's got yellow-shirted ambassadors in Fifeville and Cherry Avenue and on the downtown mall. This is a byproduct of parental outrage, parental fear, parental concern. And when thousands of parents collectively showcase outrage, fear, and concern and allocate that outrage, fear, and concern, direct that outrage, fear, and concern to UVA, it's going to have an impact. And the byproduct of that outrage, fear, and concern is UVA expanding its policing presence across the city. And I ask you, the viewer and listener, I ask you, Judah Wickhauer, I ask you, taxpayers, business owners, real estate owners, renters, whatever it may be, how do you feel about UVA expanding its policing power in the city? Well, my first question is, is actually what, uh, what authority do they have? What, how, is, how is UVA uh, appropriating the authority to send people into the larger Charlottesville neighbor, neighborhoods and community? And Great question. B, what authority do those yellow shirts have to do anything? Fantastic I question. Mean, are they, are they uh, confined to making, uh, making citizen arrests? Or do they actually have badges and they can act like any other cop in Charlottesville? More excellent questions. All excellent questions. Is the extent of what a University of Virginia yellow-shirted ambassador can do downtown get on their radio and call the police for help? Because in that scenario, what's the value of a yellow-shirted ambassador downtown? How's that any different than what we can do as an innocent bystander calling the police for help? Perhaps training, though I don't know enough about the yellow Training how so? Training how? To de-escalate? I what are they, the buck squad? I honestly don't know what the yellow shirts are trained in and how they get their, uh, how they get their uh, authority, how they get their, uh, what are they allowed to do, and are they trained to do anything? Ginny Hu, or welcome just, to the broadcast on Twitter. people that have been handed a yellow shirt and told to keep it Yellow shirt out? ambassadors are trained before they get the job. So they They've gone through training. The extent of what they can do if they come across beef downtown... I talked to him. I asked, is get on the radio they have on their person and call for help. Do they have any more, uh, do they have any more clout, I guess, when it comes to calling the police? Like, you know, uh, we know that the police have, have, because of limited personnel, said that certain, uh, you know, certain calls will be, you know, relegated to just taking a message or whatever. Uh, whereas other calls like guns or violence may actually garner a response from the police. Dylan's so, rule says on Twitter, I think most 
and the city support UVA's expansion. Why? Because you are 100% correct. Most people understand that the CPD is in a crippled state at this point, and they need all the help they can get. That's how I feel. Even if all the yellow shirt ambassador on the downtown mall can do is give the perception of safety because they're walking around in a neon yellow shirt that says ambassador, that perception has a value. And right now, that value is something tangible that we can utilize to keep the city safe, knowing the department is one-third vacant. I have no problem if UVA expands its policing presence in the city of Charlottesville. You know why? Because when I'm going about my business, I try to do it above the law. Now, folks will say UVA expanding its policing presence around the city of Charlottesville leads UVA to having more power and influence than they already have because the yellow shirt and ambassadors answer to UVA and not city council or CPD. And I say, what are the yellow ambassadors really going to do and exploit? You're so fearful of the yellow shirted ambassadors answering to UVA and not city council. What are these folks going to do? Yeah. What are they going to do that's going to be so nefarious or, or exploitative or, or, or concerning? What are they going to do? I mean, if they're not carrying weapons, I suppose the worst they could do is harass people. And how, how are they going to harass people? Uh, I mean, do you want... Examples? How are they going to harass people? They're going to harass the, the, the houseless individual that's drinking on the downtown mall? Does that houseless individual who's drinking on the downtown mall, should he be harassed? I can think of other ways they would harass people. I don't know if they would go, I don't know what their, uh, what their mandate is. Uh, sure, maybe they'll be harassing houseless people. Maybe they'll be harassing people of color who look like, uh, who, I don't know, uh, they think don't look like they belong on the downtown mall. I honestly don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I agree that uh, as a visibility measure, it could be a good thing to have them uh, walking around um, embattled neighborhoods and making their presence known and perhaps perhaps keeping some of the, some of the action that we've seen, uh, I guess, uh, either toned down or, you know, Keep it moving around, trying to find a, a place where nobody's out and watching. Um, LinkedIn, John Blair is answering the trivia question. If you want to get the trivia question on screen for the viewers and listeners, John's got two of four correct. Two of four correct. Liz Nottingham, welcome to the program. Thank you kindly for watching. Carol Thorpe. We're going to get to your comments in a matter of moments. Same with you, Kevin Yancey. And we appreciate you watching the program. Same with you, Albert Graves. Who can name four restaurants in Charlottesville city limits that are named after their founder? Put the answer in the comment section anywhere you are watching, and you can win a prize courtesy of I Love Seville mailed directly to you. Deep Throat on Twitter says, Thank God our youth with guns are horrible shots and not accurate with their gunfire. He says, we are very lucky that our youthful criminal class consists of such terrible marksmen. I don't know if that's he's, necessarily a good or bad thing, and it's certainly not something I would joke around about. He's, come on. I know, I know he's, he's tongue joking. He's tug-in-cheek. I know he's joking. Tug-in-cheek. Um, 
he says, deep throat, the city also had to borrow building inspectors from UVA when it had none itself. UVA is competent and functional. City Hall, not so much. Therefore, UVA is brought in. Much like dysfunctional Venezuela government always had to borrow expertise from the excellent state oil company in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Good stuff from Deep Throat, per usual. I got no beef with the Yellow Ambassadors downtown. The Yellow Ambassadors are not going to be harassing people that don't deserve to get harassed. We hope. History would suggest. Okay. History would suggest. And the department is so crippled with vacancy, any help it can get is a boost. And I want viewers and listeners of this fine and fair talk show to start asking, does the the definition of success with policing in the city and gun violence need to change? Because if your definition of success is the eradication of gun violence, it's not going to happen. Probably not. It's not going to happen. You can't arrest all the kids, and I don't think we want to. It's not going to happen. They're not going to get anytime soon ahead of this battle. Not going to happen. They've made arrests for murders in the city over the last handful of months. Plantania and Cochis and the department doing a hell of a job catching folks that have killed people. But it hasn't stopped the violence. Nor will it. Like It has not stopped it. Olivia Branch, the Queen of Keswick, welcome to the program. Philip Dow of Scottsville says, should, should, we, should we get the game wardens involved? They have more authority than police. They don't need search warrants from what I understand. Carol Thorpe says, the economic and cultural conditions that modeled the lives of the 20-something-year-olds during the shootings now will not be solved any short-term solution by any short-term solution. The police cannot prevent crime but only respond to it. The violence, gun or otherwise, is not going away. We are reaping what we have sowed. That's, I, I don't think it's going away. I don't think it goes away. I don't think it goes away. I think it gets compartmentalized. I think it gets compartmentalized. And then the police must determine if they want to increase patrols even more in those compartments. Just, I mentioned this live on air. Carol, you know the answer to that trivia question? How about you, Philip Dow? How about you, Kevin Yancey? It's a good one. I'm trying to come up with uh, with trivia questions that are difficult to Google where you can get the answer just off the internet and rip it and steal it. That's called cheating with trivia. This one, you have to have some Charlottesville experience. You're not going to Google this answer. You're not going to Google this answer. Name four Charlottesville City eateries named after founders of the restaurant. Put the comment in the, uh, the answer in the comment section, and then we'll pick a winner. And you'll get mailed um, an I Love Seville sticker, courtesy of uh, our prize vault. That's vast. I swear, it's very vast. Um, anything you want to dot the I's across the T's on that topic? What do you make of the tweets from Gilligan, the co-chair of Livable Seville? Put them back on screen if you could, please. What do you make of those tweets? His politics and my politics could not be more different, but I still read what he puts on social because I want to try to understand what the other side of the aisle is trying to contemplate or think about. What do you make of those tweets? 
You got them on screen? Yeah, I've got the first one on. About to put the second one on. I, I mean, I, I don't really disagree with the second half of, of this uh, statement. Uh, I mean, he's right. There's really no way for the city to hold the uh, yellow shirts accountable if they do something outside of their purview or, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I mean, his, the, second, the second one, behold the power of white UVA Facebook moms. I mean, you I wouldn't, mess with the, I wouldn't mess with that group. And you said yourself uh, he's not necessarily wrong there. Uh, I wouldn't mess with that group. Would you? UVA Facebook bombs? No. White UVA Facebook I wouldn't bombs. mess with that group. Albert Graves said there was a car stolen yesterday with children in the car and perps, then deposited the children off of Barracks Road. Yeah. Perps are still on the loose. It was a four-year-old in and the, the car and a four-month-old or a two-month-old in the car. Yeah. It hit close to home because that's close to the uh, age spread my wife and I have. This happened around the Barracks West neighborhood. Mom left two kids in the car to go do something. Comes out, car's I a, gone. I thought it was a nanny, but... Oh, it was a nanny. It was a nanny. Good call. Comes out, the car's gone. Can you imagine the nanny leaving two kids in the car? Comes back out, the car's gone. What's going through the nanny's mind? Come out, whatever you were doing by Barracks West in Almoro County. You leave the kids that you're responsible for, a four-month-old, two-month-old, a four-year-old, and a two-month-old, in a car. Come back out and the car's completely gone. You are literally, you know what, your pants. You're freaking the hell out. And how about you if you're the car thief? You steal a car, you get in a car real quick, you do your getaway drive, and you look in the back seat, and there's little Johnny and, 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 and Tubby Bobby picking their nose in and pissing their diapers? You're the car thief, and the back seat is, 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 is chubby Chris picking his boogers and little Bobby Sue peeing her pants. Of course you're going to get the hell out of the car. Car thief was in the car for all of uh, 10, 15, 30 seconds before they're like, I ain't stealing this car, because guess what happens if you keep stealing that car? No, you know what they did? They ran away. They parked the car, got out, ran away. No, you know what they did? They took the kids out of the car and left them on the sidewalk. Oh, that's, that's what happened. They took the kids out of the car and left them out of the side. They and didn't they, leave the car. They kept stealing they, the car. And then the police found the car abandoned somewhere else. Somebody, so they took the car on a door, joyride. Somebody found the kids and called the cops, and the, I'm assuming the four-year-old said, yeah, some guy got in the car and drove off and then tossed us out. Look, nuts. Dude, Absolutely like, nuts. Like the dumbest criminals ever. Spraying bullets around Tonsler Park, not hitting anybody. But Stealing cars with children in it. Let's say that's a, a blessing in disguise, that first one. What, moronic criminals? Not hitting anyone. That's why I don't like the statement that... Uh, he um, was tongue-in-cheek. I, I know that. But if they were better shots, they would be killing each other, which we don't want. And if they were worse shots, they might be, you know, they might be hitting more houses and more cars and possibly people in them. I don't like either one of those situations. And you know, I can laugh at a joke, but neither of those seem really uh, like something I want to sit around laughing about. We will... Uh... And I'm not trying to ruin the mood. I just, uh, you know. Dylan's rule on Twitter says, a question for Matthew Gillikin or anyone else. Does anyone truly believe that UVA does not control Charlottesville already? These legal niceties are great to talk about, but the reality is, is that UVA controls this area in a practical sense. 100%. Jim Ryan, the killing on Ellywood Avenue, the contractor for UVA that was killed on Ellywood Avenue, 
over a beef about a girl. Mm-hmm. The alleged killer, his girlfriend, had her butt pinched by the dead man. A beef over a girl. Jim Ryan is literally flexing his muscles and showing everyone in Charlottesville right now that he is the most powerful person. He does this wee hours of the night statement on social media saying that UVA is going to get more actively involved when it comes to police in this area. And after making that statement, Tim Longo has expanded the policing area for UPD and yellow-shirted ambassadors are on Cherry Avenue, Fifeville, and the downtown mall, nowhere near UVA. Mm -hmm. He's also got a gun violence forum that he has created, Jim Ryan, and he's got police departments and jurisdictions working together. Remember a few weeks ago, Sean Reeves, the police chief of Albemarle, said, it's been years since we've worked alongside in a multi-jurisdictional setting. This is Ryan's influence and his power. That's what's happening. Good comments from Dylan's Rule. You make the program better. Dylan's Rule on Twitter. And whoever stole the car with the kids in it should be charged with attempted kidnapping. Whoever stole the car with the kids in it and then ditched the kids on the side of the road, throw the book. Throw the book at this person or these people. I'd call it reckless endangerment. I'd call it kidnapping. You take a car with kids in it away from their supervision? How's that not kidnapping? Because there's no intent? There was no plan in the beginning to do it? It's not kidnapping? Maybe it's an accidental kidnapping. It's still kidnapping. Fair Took enough. the kids from their supervisor, supervision from their nanny? Juan Sarmiento, the king of transportation, says Fellini's. Um, Fellini's is not one of the four Charlottesville eateries named after founders, and I'm not including Fellini's. I appreciate your answer because it's not an active restaurant. Fellini's is not active right now. And Who, was it named after a Fellini? Was it named after the, uh, the... It was dir- not. It was not named after the founder. I think it was named after the director because it was Fellini's number nine, right? Yeah, it was and named I after... number nine is a movie by the director uh, Fellini. That's correct. That's correct. And there's a Fellini's, I believe, in Norfolk as well. Hmm. That was not named after the uh, founder. Name four Charlottesville City eateries named after founders to win a prize. John Blair's got two of four right. I will give you a hint. Two of them that are incorrect that he said is Crobby's. Crobies? Crobies has come on today, Emiliano. That's Avon Extended. And Mitchie's Tavern. Both of those are in Almaro County, so I'm not going to count those. He did get two of them right, so props to JB. King of contact. King of knowledge, excuse me, JB. Um, all right, before we, before we get to uh, the end of the show, yes, yeah, still operating now, Kevin Yancey. Yes, they're still operating. They're in, in operation right now. They're active restaurants. Thank you for that uh, question, Kevin. I'm going to respond to your comment, Kevin, say yes, sir. They are active and operating right now. Four restaurants in the city of Charlottesville, named after their founders. Um, All right, I want to relay my experience in Belmont from 20 years ago. I've had some folks uh, ask me to do this. I do it in piecemeal from time to time on the show, but I haven't really done it in uh, totality. I moved to Belmont after UVA circa 2005. The first year after UVA, me and the buddies were at um, Oxford Hills. 
which is the apartment complex across from um, Washington Park, Oxford Hills. And in 2004, 2005, that year at Oxford Hills, we started realizing that we were getting too old for the UVA corner, and we wanted to go from Oxford Hills in the corner, which we had known for four years of undergrad, the one year after, and said, let's go downtown where it's a little bit older scene than the UVA corner scene at that time Fake IDs were extremely prevalent, and it was very easy to get into bars. So you legitimately had first and second years, third years and fourth years at some grad students on the UVA corner. We said, let's go downtown. Let's go into a little bit older scene now that we're post-college. So we found a rental on Little Graves, which is behind Spud Nuts. There's Grave Street behind Spud Nuts. It's also, today it's called Quality Pie. And then the road off Grave Street is Little Graves. We rented 208 Little Grays from Arthur Finer. Arthur Finer. His son, Ben, Arthur's son, Ben, owns ProLink. Interestingly, I know Ben. See him from time to time. Arthur was a very hands-off landlord. We liked that. We didn't want the landlord coming in, checking us out. We were up to no good from time to time. We liked a little bit of... um, distance from Mr. Finer, the landlord. So he said, here are the keys. Pay your rent on time. Let me know if you have a problem. If you don't have a problem and you pay your rent on time, you're rarely, if ever, going to see me. And that's what happened. So 208 Little Grays was a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, um, very small house. I mean, if it's 1,000 square feet, I would be surprised. The half bath was in the basement that was unfinished, and it was very dungeon-esque, very damp, very dank, the, the, the dungeon. And I'm talking uh, the temperature and the mildew and, and not other dankness, if you may. So it's one and a half baths, it's two bedrooms, but there's four guys that are trying to live in 208 Little Graves because we're broke jokes. Poorest time I've ever been in my life. So we have to figure out a way to cover the rent. And I think the rent at the time was like 2005, I want to say the rent was like 1100 1200 bucks for four guys. So we said, how do we get four guys in a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath house? Well, one of our buddies, who's a photographer in the area still, decided to take the back room that was a converted into a Four Seasons room, kind of like a greenhouse room, and make that his personal bedroom. So we got a, a converted greenhouse, Four Seasons room, atrium, converted into a bedroom. Then we got a fourth guy who's like, hey, I need a place to live. Can I live here with you? Maybe we can figure out a, 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 a price break in rent if I can live here where I'll get a lower price and you guys will get an extra, you'll get a lower price as well because we're sharing the burden. Me, my buddy Mike, my buddy Tom said, all right, let's welcome, let's welcome Shannon to the house somehow. We'll figure out a way to get him in there. He ends up renting um, the attic. The landlord didn't know. Mr. Finer had no idea. Mr. Finer had no idea four people were living in a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bathhouse that was roughly 800 square feet. So Shannon ends up renting the attic at 208 Little Graves. The attic has no HVAC. It's got no heat, no air condition. It's not even finished. You can't stand up all the way in the attic of 208 Little Graves. There's no, there's no drop-down staircase to get into the attic. You literally have to get a ladder, climb up it, and go. Shannon said, I don't want to have a ladder there. 
So he comes up with the genius idea with his brother, Corey, of doing a rope ladder. And they legitimately had a rope ladder hanging from the attic. And he slowly put fans up there, an air mattress, some clothes, chest of drawers. And that's how four, call them 24, 25-year-olds, figure out how to live at 208 Little Graves, circa 2005. Shannon was able to get girls to climb the rope ladder to the attic. Four guys managed one and a half bathrooms. And we shared the cost of this house that was not in our budget. And Belmont, I'll tell you, in 2005, 2004, 2005, very different than the Belmont you know today. Little Graves was going through significant gentrification at the time. You would have a a house full of four 24, 25-year-olds like us next to a home where it was a husband and wife that were young professionals that were earning some good money that wanted to be close to the downtown mall. And then the home very next to that could have been Old Guard Belmont, OG Belmont, the Belmont that had for generations lived in this neighborhood that was pissed off that 24 and 25-year-olds were coming in and that wealthy young professionals were buying up houses. The Old Guard, along with the young professionals, along with the booze hounds, lived side by side by side in 2004-2005 Belmont. All the way at the end of Little Graves, there was a house that had a shed behind it. The shed behind this house had a pool table and a fridge full of Budweiser's. And frankly, I'd shoot pool there many times and slug some Budweiser's with my neighbors who were very, very blue-collar. Very blue-collar. OG Belmont. They would be doing all kinds of crazy stuff in that shed. They were hitting the slopes. They were smoking the cheap. All kinds of crazy stuff in that shed. You don't see that kind of stuff in Belmont today. You don't see OG Belmont in a shed playing pool, slamming Budweiser's, smoking trees in the middle of the day. That house and that shed have been completely revamped. It's now a $900,000 home, and the shed's knocked down, and it's a beautiful backyard. 208 Little Graves, you don't even recognize it right now. Completely remodeled completely rehabilitated, not a flop house for 24 and 25-year-olds and their, and, the, and their company, instead of family home. You didn't walk at night, 2004, 2005, Belmont. You didn't walk at night with a buddy, 2004, 2005, Belmont. Now it happens all the time. When we lived in Belmont, La Tassa, which is now Bell Restaurant, La Tassa wasn't even open yet. Tavola was not there. Melissa Close Hearts Restaurant, Junction Mockingbird was not there. Adam Frazier hadn't expanded the local yet. The local was tiny and small. Belmont Barbecue was not there. What is it now, Kamol? Kamoling? That wasn't there. Mas Tapas made Belmont. Mas Tapas made Belmont cool. Corn Capsule, Tomas, and that scene from Mas made this neighborhood Tony and slowly gentrified it into a neighborhood of what? 800,000, 900,000, million dollar homes? Jerry and Mike and Tom and Shannon could never afford to live in Belmont as 24 and 25 year olds now. We could never afford to do it. 
in less than 20 years, you've gone from a blue-collar neighborhood where people are slugging Budweiser's, shooting pool in a shed at all hours of the night to a neighborhood of wealth and nearly a million-dollar cribs in less than 20 years. Where does 24, 25-year-old Shannon and Tom and Mike and Jerry live now? Not in Charlottesville. Probably Fifeville. Probably Fifeville. Maybe 10th and Page. That's a legitimate question. Where do the 24 and the 25-year-olds, like me, Shannon, Tom, and Mike, where do we live now? to walk to bars, to meet gals, to be close to nightlife. It's not Belmont. It's not North Downtown. It's not West Main Street. Probably it's Fifeville. And here's another thing I'm going to watch. Here's another thing I'm going to watch. It's pretty clear that the violence has been compartmentalized to 10th and Page in the Fifeville neighborhood. The Tonsler Park shooting from last night was Fifeville, right? As Fifeville and 10th and Page gentrify like Belmont did in 2004, 2005 with me, Shannon, Tom, and Mike seeing that gentrification firsthand, that same momentum and, and gentrification progress is happening in Fifeville and 10th and Page. As those neighborhoods change in turn, how will that impact the violence in them? The old guard is being pushed out, and the new guard is coming in. 24- and 25-year-old UVA products and young professionals looking to buy a crib in an up-and-coming neighborhood. How does that demographic profile change impact the gun violence? Probably will diminish it. I think it'll send it somewhere else. I think so, too. Where else could it go? Outside of Charlottesville limits. Potentially right there. And becomes whose problem? Someone else's. Albemarle's. Or other areas. Which ones? Most likely Albemarle's where it would head. Maybe. You talk about the affordability in Charlottesville City. You know what the expensive nature of Charlottesville City and its lack of affordability? You know what one of the positives of that is? Sending, I mean, I don't know if that's, it's maybe a positive. A diminish in violence. Yeah. Certainly makes the community way, way more homogenous and wealthy, which is not what we want, but would yeah. probably diminish the violence. But I think the timeline on that is going to be pretty Very long. long. It's going to be long as well. For sure. 100% in agreement. Just like the long timeline of trying to sh- change the mindsets of teenagers. Yeah. And rehabilitate the thinking of teenagers. Good God, who wants that job? That's a teacher. Yeah. Love teachers. Curtis Shaver... One of those restaurants is not in operation. You have three of four, and Curtis did not. Curtis came up with an answer I did not think of. So, frankly, there's five. Curtis Shaver, well done. I'm, I'm not going to count Angelique's because her dairy market stall has closed. But she does. She, she has the food trailer. Do we give Curtis because she has the trailer? I did say restaurants. Although it says on screen eateries, 
and generally a truck or trailer is an eatery. I didn't think of um, one of the ones he said. Mm-hmm. Who can name four Charlottesville City eateries named after founders? Do we give, Curtis is an inner circle friend, do we give him Angelique's? Uh, if we do, then um, I'm going to send you If we do, that opens up the Pandora's box of all the trucks and trailers. I was not, not going to initially include Angelique's in there. I didn't think of your second one, Curtis. Four city Charlottesville restaurants named after their founders. What are your thoughts over there? What were you looking up? Were there um, other trailers you could think of or trucks named after their founders? No, it's not even a truck. I sent it to you. I'm surprised we didn't think of it. Oh, you email me one or Facebook uh, message? Uh, message. Oh, I like when you do that. Yeah, that's the one he thought of. Really? Curtis thought of that one. I didn't think of that one. We should have thought of that one. Oh, yeah. Good job, Curtis. I didn't think of that one either. Mm-hmm. I'll give the answer in a matter of moments. I'll give you a chance to get your answers to the feed. Four Charlottesville City eateries named after founders. Damn, that's another good one, Curtis. Sugar. Curtis has come up with two that I didn't think of. All right, got to update my list here. Did you see the other one Shaver came up with? Mm, I'm looking. No, I haven't. All right, I'm putting both of these down. Okay, there's genuinely now one, two, three, four, five, six Charlottesville City restaurants named after founders, not including food trucks and trailers. I won't include food trucks and trailers because I don't know the depth of all their names and answers like I do restaurants, albeit Curtis just came up with two ideas that I I did not think of. So there's legitimately one, two, three, four, five, six, two Curtis just contributed. There's six correct answers here. I will caveat, neither Judah nor I could figure out if Miller's, the bar on the downtown mall, was named after Miller, the founder. Yeah, couldn't find any... uh, Does any viewer and listener have intel on this? I believe Miller's was founded in 1981. Does any viewer or listener know if Miller's on the downtown mall was named after the founder of the business? I could not find intel on that, neither could Judah. So we're not including Miller's on this list of right answers, although we could be shown that we were wrong. Here are the four that I thought. Should I give the answer? At this point, Curtis has got the Curtis is the winner. Curtis is the winner right now with, his, with the comment that he just put in when he, when he took Angelique's out and put Christians in. So the answer for the four Charlottesville City restaurants that are named after their founders, Mel's Cafe, a lot of people got that one right. A lot of people said Mel's. Mel's Cafe is one. Hamilton's at First in Maine. Curtis used to be the executive chef there. He better get that one right. <laughs> Curtis has spent many years there. Hamilton's at First in Maine, named after um, Bill and Kate. Vu Noodles, Julie Vu, Water Street, the old um, flat, crepery. Mm-hmm. Vu Noodles, named after Julie Vu, Vu Noodles. And didn't they used to be where Luce is now? Luce? Yeah, Luce. No, they're Water Street. I don't think Did they were ever on that spot. You don't think Vu? Actually, Curtis would know because he spent many times there. Was Vu ever where Luce was, Curtis? I Maybe. It used to be over you there. might be right. I used to go to school with the Vu. With Julie Vu? No, it was a first name. Okay. This is in Maine. 
How does that pertain to this conversation? Vu. Okay. I'm his glad was, you. His I'm name gl- was Vu Do. I'm glad you went to school with Vu, Judah. His name was what? Vu Do. Vu Do? Yeah. Like Judo. Like Voodoo, but. Uh, oh, like Voodoo. The extra. Oh. That's cool. Did people call him Voodoo? They may have. Okay. I like that name. Thank you. Very applicable to the, okay. to the conversation today. Yeah, appreciate it. glad to help. Hamilton's, Mel's Cafe, Voo Noodles. Curtis came up with Christian's Pizza and Dino's Pizza. Christian, that guy was a maniac. I've seen Christian in very crazy settings before mm. when he was hitting the bars. Christian was a maniac. That guy could get after it. And Dino, friend of the program, Dino's and Dairy Market. Yeah. Is Miller's named after a founder? I also include Benny Del Luca on the list of Benny Del Luca's Pizza, which was named after a founder. Now, that's a chain restaurant. There's many Benny Del Luca's outside of Charlottesville, but technically, Benny Del Luca, the pizza place, you know, the massive pizzas that you can barely get out the door in your car. Benny was the name of the guy that started it. Benny was the name, was short for Bendito. Yeah. Bendito started it. And Del Luca has nothing to do with it. No, but still, Benny, named yeah. after the founder. I know. This Miller's named after the founder? Ah, Curtis, thank you. He says that Miller's was named after the drugstore that was there. There it is. Mm. Thank you. Was that named after the founder? I'm going to send a uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, homie. I like to use the word homie. Evidently, there's a meme account that's, that's poking fun at me that likes to poke fun at my use of the word homie. So I'm going to use it even more. Homie. Just as long as they don't latch on to you saying baby boy. <laughs> I very much enjoy the content. I find it amusing. <laughs> I genuinely look forward to it. Um, it, make can, sh- it can be funny. I think it's hilarious. Have you seen it? Uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of, then yeah, I've seen it. Some of the stuff is funny. Some of it's just mean-spirited. It's a little lame, yeah. yeah. But I think, it, I think it's funny. Um, can you make sure you DM, send Curtis a direct message? He's the third winner of the I Love Seville trivia contest here on the I Love Seville show. We got to get a mailing address from Curtis, and we got to mail him um, some stickers. He got he got this right. Well done, Curtis. You were the only one to get this right. A lot of people got the one or two right. John went for the four pack, but John said uh, Crobies and Mi- and Mickey Tavern. Those are in Amor County. He did get Hamilton's and Mel's right. That's a great trivia question for a cocktail party. Name restaurants in the city of Charlottesville named after their founders. Curtis, I was going to use the escalator question, but I knew if I used the escalator question, you would immediately get in the comment section and say, this question again, I've been hearing this question from you since the Lazy Parrot trivia days when I was ripping Jaeger shots with Brooks and going to your Lazy Parrot trivia and hearing you ask questions 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Where's the only escalator in the city of Charlottesville? Can you name that? Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah, I know that. Okay. You've heard me use that before, right? Yeah. The only escalator in the city of Charlottesville is at Michael's and Barracks Road. I've used that one over and over again. Mm. Just like I've used the fireplace one. Where can you find wood-burning fireplaces in the city of Charlottesville? I use that one too much. All right, that's the talk show. Um, Judah Wickhauer, Judah B. Wickhauer, J. Dubs, the jack-of-all-trades, always looking young. Props to him. You were excellent today. Thank you. Per usual. My name is Jerry Miller. This is the I Love Seville show. Michaels is right, Albert Graves. Or your AG, you're a smart man. This is the I Love Seville show where we talk anything and everything. And we have fun doing it. 
For Judah, I'm Jerry. Thank you kindly for watching. See you tomorrow.